Hello and welcome to Blades Pod. It is Wednesday the 21st of July. My name is Ben and I am joined once again by Andrew. How you doing, pal? I'm okay, mate. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. In fact, I'm great. I'm, I'm going on holiday shortly, so this will be uh, this will be the last podcast for, I don't know, 10 days or so, something like that. But yeah, when, when we get back, presumably we'll be uh, right into the swing of things, being only a week or so away from the start of the season. But yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm, I'm absolutely sweltering to bits, obviously. Yeah. Um, I, I assume you're exactly the same. Uh, I really am. Yeah, probably worse, because as I've mentioned many a time, I have red roots. <laughs> <laughs> red roots. What's <So. laughs> <laughs> not in the shiny? Um, yeah, so uh, just before we start, I'm, uh, I'm recording this with the window open, because otherwise you will hear me die on on air or live or whatever so there'll probably be a bit of uh, street traffic noise outside so apologies for not the usual silence but uh, it is bloody hot <laughs> I need, it really a, is. I need yeah, a draft if is. I'm going to get through this right so we're going to talk United we're talk England or the Euros because the last time we spoke we had uh, we'd just beat Germany aren't we England just beat Germany um, uh, and we're about to play Ukraine we, or not that we just beat Ukraine we I just think. beat Ukraine yeah sorry. I think it might be right, actually, yeah. Anyway, we were not yet through the semi-final into the final. So we'll get to that in the second part of this podcast. It's going to be quite a quick one as well, uh, A, because it's really hot, and B, because there's, <laughs> there's not masses going on by now. I will say I expected more United stuff yeah. to have happened, which which is my starting point for this podcast, actually. Should I be concerned that <laughs> United just seem to be ignoring pre-season <laughs> like we've played yeah we're not having one this year it does we're, we're that confident that we don't need one and and last season's uh last year's pre-season that went so well you know those games yeah. that got rained off in scotland and yeah. you know the shortened pre-season and we started the season so damn well and definitely didn't dig ourselves into a hole that we were unable to get out of despite our 2021 form being you know fighting chance of relegation staying up um We've, it, it's the 21st of July. The season starts in, what, two and a half weeks, if my maths are right. Yeah, on the 7th. Um, yeah. We've played one friendly, which was uh, against, you know, it was essentially a training game against the mid-table side in Gibraltar. We, yeah. haven't, we haven't signed anyone yet. Uh, all right, you can't plan for this, but there is obviously a COVID outbreak in the squad as well. So yeah. uh, I think that's affected two players, although I think only one has tested positive, haven't they? Um, we haven't actually missed a friendly out because of that, have we? Well, we, this is it. Yeah, this is exactly it. It's not like, I mean, we're, all right, we can't, I, wanted to, uh, I wanted to be at Hallam last night, which got yeah. uh, obviously cancelled. Well, that would have been a full 11, you wouldn't have thought. I'm sure it would have been the youth players, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I'm assuming this is a deliberate plan by the club and you kind of itch to kind of not player friendly until 10 days before the season starts first friendly is on the 28th yeah. um but it's it strikes me as a little odd it, you know it's like last weekend you got uh you know loads of other clubs in the championship are playing friendlies you see all the mm. you know the premier league teams playing and their uh, their season starts a week after the championship i think yeah, yeah. is this strike was odd well, is this deliberate yeah massive. I, I think i mean i didn't realize how close the season were mainly because we'd not done anything yeah <laughs> like playing friendlies signings no real proper concrete rumors or anything like that so then someone said oh, it kicks off in two weeks I'm like, what no what no way <laughs> that, no way does it kick off in two weeks but it does obviously and I was like, I, don't, I'm, I work with a couple of Wednesday fans, and I think they've had three, maybe four friendlies. Mm. Yeah, uh, and we've had nothing at all. And like someone said to, because I've been getting on your pre-season, 
one one play one one one. Yeah, hundred percent. Re- that's it. That's it. You kind of just retiring with a hundred percent record. <laughs> Sam Allen. Yeah, obviously no signings, which isn't that doesn't totally surprise me. I mean, the Euros only finished uh, a week and a bit ago, didn't it? And yeah, you know. that, that's not the biggest. I, th- I don't think we'll sign anyone until after the season starts, personally now, because I think everything's a bit behind, and yeah. I think we'll probably go down the loan route, and I think we'll be waiting for Premier League teams to get their self sorted and, and, and submit the squads and what have you, and that, and that's when we'll see probably us going for a couple of players. That's my. Um, theory anyway yeah i think you're probably right there's not much transfer activity around the leagues anyway is there to be honest um and people have said oh birmingham signed like six players or something like that but i've looked at them as like well yeah but who are they i'm not not, no offense they might be brilliant players but there's not no big waves being made in the championship not exactly uh if anything teams seem to be making waves uh like to disrupt their own progress, as Swansea yeah. are currently doing with uh, mm-hmm. with um, what's his name Cooper getting Cooper. Uh, well quitting essentially today. That's yeah. an interesting move for sure. Um, yeah, signings. Yeah, the transfer window is open till the end of August, I think. So I'm, I'm with you. Uh, it it's, could be a while before uh, we're done in that regard. And yeah, yeah it, it may well be that the starting team uh, against Birmingham is essentially one that started at the end of last season. Um, mm. The no signings, uh, this is another reason I'm slightly concerned about that, though, is you know that does still leave us with a midfield choice of Fleck, Norwood, Osborne, and a recovering from a quite serious injury, injury and who knows if he'll actually still be here, Sander Berg. Mm. Um, that's not much depth in midfield. I know you've We've got, got uh, Luke Freeman as well. Luke Freeman, I did actually forget, to be fair. That is a... That yeah, is but a... you're still right in the sense that that's three left-sided players for a start. Mm. We've got no. It, obviously, Berger played that sort of right hand side role, if you like. Um, the, the, I, well, I'm going to say it, the do Lundstrom it, role. It. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? In the Premier League, what Lundstrom did in the Premier League. There's only Berger who's got any. Well, obviously, Norwood's not going to play in that role. He could possibly push Berger forward if we do stick with the three in the middle, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah, I, we are really, really short in that area. Yeah. I know we have Zach Brunt, but that is that is a hell of an ask for him to. Be like serious first team minutes this season. I mean, yeah. I, I suppose you could go back to the, the Duffy role and you could play Freeman there, then you yeah. only need Fleck and Norwood and, and you're back to what we had in the championship, I suppose. That is true. We are, yeah, we are assuming there that the formation will stay largely the same. Yeah. Where and maybe we're completely off piste with that one and we'll see mm-hmm. Bogle lined up on the right or something like that. But yeah, that's, I, I did kind of think that we might, uh, well, it comes back to the old thing of this club keeping stuff under wraps these days, doesn't it? Where uh, yeah. you're not, we're not really, nobody's in the know as to what's going on, uh, particularly with transfers. You know, you get the odd random rumour that's like, oh, that would make sense. Like Tom Kearney, for example. Like, you kind of yeah. used to manage him, and therefore that would be a logical signing. But that's basically you know, it. that seems to be gathering any sort of thing, any, any sort of traction from what I've seen is the Ben Davis link. Uh, obviously, he's at Liverpool now. Um, Liverpool legend Ben Davis. Liverpool legend, no minute Ben Davis. I think <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, that's a surprise, isn't it? He never plays. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, signing. Um, but yeah, that's the only thing that seemed. But again, something like that happens, and it's just the site sharing from other sites and the account. You know, and yeah, there's yeah. nothing concrete there. Not really. Well, bringing up Ben Davis. Uh, precipitates a sad segue, but we, we're going to have to do it. The last time we spoke, uh, the word was that Jack O'Connell was not going to be available for pre-season. Uh, after that, the 
I guess the rumours swirled a bit and the club confirmed that he's had another operation on his knee. Oh, bugger, mate. That is, I think I said bugger uh, last time that he was not going to be involved in pre-season, but yeah. that's a real blow in it. That is really bad news. I, I'm not even as, as interested in it from a United point of view. And I, mm. I, I don't, you know, I really do mean this as well because you've got to feel for him more than us by far because it's not just like I've said to you before, no, no offence to Fleck or, or McGoldrick or anyone like that, but they've sort of had the career. They're in the thirties now, and you can say, you know, yeah, it's real shame that they, you know, the latter end of the career was disrupted through injuries. But you know, let's say he doesn't come back, or he doesn't come back the same, which is unfortunately highly possible with how long he's been out. Yeah, yeah. I feel so sorry for him because he was literally at the peak of his powers. I think. I think you know he was on the verge of the England squad, undoubtedly. Yeah. Whether he'd have got in, I don't know. But there'd have been a a, a definite. Uh, a definite shout for him, I think, from certain quarters. Uh, not just Sheffield United fans, neither. Um, a left-handed centre-half for a kickoff who yeah. Yeah. We, we struggle with, you know, in England. So, for him to not just like sort of just miss a couple of weeks, oh, he's missed out on the World Cup, or he's, you know, he's he's missed out a season. For, for it to go on again, and now we're talking realistically that maybe that's his career. And I, I, I'm not. I, I'd hate saying that, but I think it's the logical thing to look at. He's, I think he's. Definitely playing to fighting to save his career now. It is it, yeah, it is awful. But I am kind of, uh, I guess I'm kind of mentally prepared for a you know Jack O'Connell free future in a way. For United. It reminds me of Whitehouse many years back where he kept coming back and you kept you kept hearing things such as oh he's, he's doing well on the trade he's had a bit of a setback but he's still doing well. And then all of a sudden it's like now he's gone and I hope that doesn't happen to Jack O'Connell. Obviously youth yeah. on his side as well and he's a fit guy but it's. Mm, yeah, youth is I'm, on his I'm side. What, what is he? Is he 28 now? So he's just... Oh, flipping it. You know, every time I Google Jack O'Connell, it comes up with Jack O'Connell. Some, some, <laughs> some actor, like, who the hell is this? What? Yeah, well, in, I think you were in Skins, weren't you? He was in Skins, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's absolutely no use to me. Uh, he's, he's 27 now. Yeah, so you're right. Youth is still on his side. But, I mean, yeah. look, we're totally speculating here, but say he's out for the rest of this year, so, like, to 2022 so six months i mean he's looking at essentially 18 months without football there i mean i know yeah. he, i know he played a couple of games um at the start of last season but he was he was well obviously injured that's why he's ended up having this going down this uh trail of operations i suppose um yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 got in me oh you know he's, he's been one of my favorite players for united as you said he was at the i mean that had to be the peak of his career up to that point without Without a shadow of a doubt, the way you played in the Premier League this season. Well, this before is the life. thing. What's so I think so sad is that you. I felt anyway that he wasn't. I don't think he had peaked. I think he was getting yeah. better and better. Yeah. And you're thinking if you hadn't have had that injury, where could he? I mean, look, it might have not happened like that. You look at the, the way Norwood and Fleck dropped off and stuff, and maybe it'd have just been part of that, and it'd have just been a, you know, a, a, a spell that he had. But I got the feeling. I think we all. Fall out of all the players, the one we're probably going to lose is Jack O'Connell. Yeah, indeed. And uh, you know, we said many times he was our most important player. Um, look, I hope uh, I hope this operation went really well, and you know, the timeline for his return is a lot faster than we're talking about. But I mean, from the you know, being pragmatic from the manager's point of view, I mean, surely mm-hmm. he has to plan for not having this player. You know, if, if O'Connell was out for six months, you kind of might not be here in six months. If we have a bad start, like he won't be. He has to be in his. You know, we have to be planning to not have O'Connell. Yeah, and that is yeah. very disappointing. And I think but, this yeah. is where the, the Ben Davis rumours obviously come from because you, you'd have thought 
I mean, obviously, we don't know what's happening with Keane Bryan or anything, but even if he stays, I don't, I don't want him to be a first-teamer. Jack Robinson, possibly in the Championship, I don't know. But realistically, if we're going to play three at the back, or even two at the back, because there's no one there other than Egan who I, I really feel that comfortable with. Yeah, you're not uh, hanging on with, like, you know, biting your fingernails for more news on Keane Bryan's contract, contract situation. Do you know what? I don't care at all if he stays like <laughs> I was. And that, I feel sorry. For, I, I don't mean that any detriment. You know, it's not detrimental to me. I'm sorry. Anything he, he did, he did all right for his last season, but yeah. I'm not bothered. So I don't but, know about you. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, I, I think what you're saying, or at least this is what uh, my position on it is, I would have the same level of reaction whether he stayed or went. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. This is Fine, it. Let's go on with I, it. Like I say, it's nothing against him. I'm not saying, oh, I don't care if he stays or goes. I hate him or anything like that. I, I mean, it in just a, I don't think he's going to make. A huge difference to our chances next season, whether he stays or goes. I think he's going to be a squad member. Yeah, I think you are absolutely correct. Well, somebody who... Uh, a rumour that is quite firm, uh, and it is to do with a player who may be going, uh, which seems to have gathered a bit more pace um, today, actually, although I had it down to talk about anyway because The Athletic had reported it uh, last week, I think it was, and that is Aaron Ramsdale to Arsenal. It's, this seems to be an actual thing, as in... Arsenal have bid an amount that has been rejected by yes. United. Um, so it doesn't seem to just be usual like uh, football insider website or whatever. Um, yeah. No, there's a lot of decent sources if you class talk sport and the athletic as decent sources, <laughs> which I, I put them a level above you know the fan accounts anyway. I, so. I did see you make a point else uh, somewhere on the internet today that talk sport of... Uh, Broken mm. a lot of big United-related stories in the recent past. Yeah, and I, I don't know whether that's... I don't know why that is. I don't know whether they've got a contact with the, the Big Prince, Z, but, but, but yeah, that could be. Could be. I mean, he don't, he don't use it for his own paper, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I, no, I don't know. I think, um, obviously, the, the Wilder thing broke via TalkSport. They were the first to, to break that. Mm. The Prince did an interview with, mm. uh, with Jim White. Did he? I can't remember who it was with now, but he did an interview, obviously... Uh, with TalkSport. Basically, a lot of major news has come from TalkSport and it's come out of nowhere. I remember when the Wilder stuff happened and there were still people saying, oh, I won't listen to TalkSport. And then obviously they were spot on. So I, I do put sort of more weight to them saying that, you know, Ramsdale has been sub, you know subject to a bid. Yeah. So the amount being bandied about is 30 million. And we, I, I don't want to rehash this because we did talk about it last time, like yeah. in, a, in a hypothetical it's a lot of money for a club in the championship that for a mm. you know a, a position that theoretically you should be able to sign a adequate if not comparable replacement. It's not just that I mean obviously they'll be paying for potential and and, and I love Ramsdale I think he's fantastic I'd love him to stay but he's also England's fifth maybe yeah fifth choice goalkeeper 30 million pound uh, it's a lot of money and I know Bournemouth probably get a sell on I'm not sure how much that is but and I can see why people want to keep him, and I'd love him to stay. But financially and logically, does it not make sense to take that money? Yeah, I don't know if Bournemouth. I mean, I, I don't know either way, but I don't know if Bournemouth will get a sell on. I mean, they bought him from us in the first place. Yeah, so, maybe not. Maybe yeah, not. Yeah. I don't know. That feels like the kind of thing you would have thrown out uh, as part of signing him. But yeah, possibly I, so. Yeah. I, I may be wrong. I'm, I'm. I have no idea either way. Um, this is a. This would be quite a weird move for for Arsenal, though, because. Uh, mm. He wouldn't be their number one. Leno would be their number one for the foreseeable future. Obviously, yeah. you know he is still young; he's twenty-three. Um, and in theory, yeah, he could be. You know, 
in and around the England squad for a long time to come. But paying thirty million for a backup goalkeeper, I don't, I don't see that at all. I You're don't... not alone by that because I think there's eighty thousand Arsenal fans who <laughs> <laughs> back up your uh, your confusion by that as well. Yeah, um, so that's confusing. I, from Ramsdale's point of view, obviously it's, it's a nice move that you know this hypothetical to Arsenal, but. You know, he's just played basically every game of two straight Premier League seasons. Is he going to go there and just play in the League Cup? Does he? Do I suppose he it all comes do down that? to money in terms of not not yeah. necessarily Ramsdale, but agents and stuff like that. I don't see him playing. I really don't. I don't. I don't. I think he's been. I thought he ended the season fantastically well for us. But I've got to be brutally honest. If Arsenal have got top six ambitions, I'm not sure Ramsdale is ready yet to go into a club with that sort of pressure That's and, and ambition. One. Yeah, as a number one, sorry, yeah, as a number two, it's fine, or something to develop in a couple of years, which is what they're obviously bringing him in for. But from his point of view, I don't know, it depends. He's going to lose his England play, so obviously he's only, like I say, his fifth choice once everyone's fair. But he's going to go down to pecking order even more if he's second choice at Arsenal. Yeah, Yeah. so it's it's a strange one, this. I'm usually very cynical towards football rumours generally, but this this one I believe is true, but also doesn't make much sense to me for... For anyone but United, weirdly, which yeah, is awful. I mean, this is it. I mean, I've, I've seen that. loads of fan accounts saying the Sheffield United needs people rubbing their hands, do you know what I mean, and stuff, gifts and stuff like that. Yeah. But, I mean, a lot of our fans want to keep him, and I do, and you do, and yeah. we all know how well he did. But for the money being quoted, I can completely see, certainly from a neutral's point of view, you're thinking, hang on, this guy's been relegated twice in a row. Yeah. He's not even, he wasn't even in the England squad initially. It's not as if we're talking somebody who was de- guaranteed to be the next England goalkeeper in the same way that when when Joe Hart came through, mm. I think he was sort of, even at a young age, people would say he's going to be the next thing, one number one, you know what I mean? Yeah. Even David James back back way back when. I don't think he's got that reputation whatsoever. So, and I, he's far better than people think, undoubtedly, mm. in terms of what the neutrals think, but it's a strange move all around. It would but be, But then yeah. they just pay 50 million for Ben White, so. Yeah. Uh, who I think improves them. Like he, he probably will uh, in the yeah. long term for sure. But yeah, um, what was I going to say about this? I don't, uh, let me just uh, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate and give you the the counterpoint, I suppose. So I'm with you. That's that is a lot of money to turn down when you're a team in the Championship who's just been relegated. I think I think if we if we were still in the Premier League, that's an it would take a ridiculous amount of money yeah. to make, for it to make sense to sell Ramsdale. But we're not. We obviously have a shortfall of uh, finances that we, you know, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't know, but it doesn't seem like totally critical that we have to immediately raise fifty million or something like that. No, but no, no, but it's not, it's not going to hurt our long term future if we do that. Um, but the the flip side is you, you you cash in now, and if we've got aspirations of promotion, which I presume is the you know the sort of minimum expectation this season at uh, board level and manager level is to at least challenge for promotion. Mm. Then we're probably say, facing a problem next season. Uh, you know, if you yeah, get, of course, yeah. if you get promoted, unless we've got faith in Verips, which none of us have seen. Nah, come on, that's that's. I, yeah. I'm, I'm willing to go on record and say that he is not <laughs> going to be a big goalkeeper for us. And I've been, nah. uh, I mean, important. I don't mean physically. No, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I, I just, you know, that's because the only reason I brought it up is that's the only other option than buying someone or or, or loaning in someone. Yeah, you'd have thought, as you said, you'd have thought. Yukanovic knew this was likely to happen or have an inkling that mm. someone might go in for a bid. So, you know, there must be someone lined up and obviously it's too early, he's not even gone yet, but it does leave us in a with two weeks with the season to go. Yeah. 
um, to getting a goalkeeper and it can come straight in. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll go. I, I, it just doesn't make sense. Like, I, no. I, I, yeah, I believe that a bid has been made, but I don't. I wonder if it was just you know testing the water and if the actual amount is nowhere near the the, the fee that's being quoted today of thirty million. Um, yeah. But we'll see. I guess it's uh, yeah, it's it's gathered more steam than I was expecting it to do. Um, and yeah, I I hope he is still here. But uh, you see, I thought realistically, like I thought, oh, Ramsdale might go because he, he he did have a good end. But I was thinking more sort of West Ham or yeah. you know, I mean Newcastle have got two good keepers, but that sort of level, you so know what I mean? Where he'd start though, but that was yeah, the thing. There's, there yeah. wasn't many yeah. teams in the Premier League last season who. Who had a major question mark at goalkeeper? I don't think. That's a good, yeah, that's like, a good I, yeah. Even uh, I mean, you know, Fulham got relegated. They had uh, Ariola, who was only on loan, but he was absolutely amazing. Obviously, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm not sure. I think I think most teams were. Pre- I feel like we said this at some time, some point. Most teams were pretty sorted at goalkeeper, like pretty much up and down the league table. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just thought the caliber of club he'd be going to. The next step, the next logical step for him as a goalkeeper would probably be. A Crystal Palace style club. I'm not saying he could get into their team, but you know, what I mean, that sort of level. From to jump to Arsenal, even if it's second choice, it is bizarre. Yeah, seems uh, seems odd. Let's see. I hope uh, I hope he's in goal on uh, the seventh or whenever it is yeah. against Birmingham yeah. for sure. Um, is there anything else Blades related that uh, you want that we've we've missed? It's you been wanna... so quiet, and a lot of the like. So I've been out. I said the last pod that I did, we did it. I've been out of the loop because of the Euros and stuff. Obviously, that's not... It was it two weeks now, pretty much. The, uh, that, that 10 ended. days, yeah. Yeah, 10 days, and, and nothing's happened. Like, he's not... I, I sort of thought, maybe I'm just not paying quite as much as attention because <laughs> my focus is elsewhere. Well, I'm all eyes on United now, and <laughs> nothing's happened. Yeah, we've, we've usually had a, like, this person spotted in a Costa outside wherever or something. Yeah, but yeah. But they so. have been fantastic United at keeping room. Ever since the Prince got sole charge, yeah. there's been nothing coming out. As the, I mean, some of the signings that we made under Wilder, like the, the Bogle and Lowe one is a fantastic example of that. Hmm. Absolutely out of nowhere. And then it's just one Saturday morning you wake up it's like, oh, right. Oh, even, yeah, then uh, they have to have signed him. <laughs> even Sander Berg was like, yeah. you know, oh, he's in he's in the hotel. Like, there's a photo of him in the hotel. That was, you know, he wasn't at training in, uh, in his previous club this morning. Yeah. So... Yeah, we'll, uh, stuff may happen more quickly. I, I, I think I think we'll go... I personally think the first day of the season we will probably have the players that we had last season, which is a worry because they did end poor... Like, it was a poor season. In fact, they didn't end poor. They were a poor season overall. Um, and it is a worry. Can they get themselves up for it again? But at the same time, I don't want us to rush it. So and it's, it's a slow market because of the Euros, I think. Yeah, Euros... Covid as well, I suppose. Sort of yeah, depressing yeah, transfer yeah. values. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so, are you are you concerned by this sort of the fact we just seem to be drifting through? Pre- I mean, I'm sure stuff's happening behind the yeah, scenes. Obviously. I am slightly because it, it, it's strange. It's almost like I don't know. It feels like uh, someone who's playing Championship Manager and they don't really know what they're doing. I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying this is what's happening. You kind of, you know, like yeah. they don't know. I do organise friendlies now. Do you know? <laughs> Delegate <laughs> to assistant. Yeah, allocated to a sister. Obviously, that's not happening, but it's just it's bizarre. Last seasons were bizarre, but that were understandable. We had about, what, five weeks break or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is bizarre because we played more friendlies last season when there were a shorter break and they were all the, you know, the COVID stuff were even bigger in terms of players missing and all this sort of stuff. So, mm. yeah, really bizarre. I'm concerned with how it's going in terms of, uh, 
yeah, the the squad is uh, working from home essentially. They're not doing group training uh, yeah, at the moment while yeah, they uh... while they complete this isolation, which they won't be alone. I'm sure there's other. I was about to say this. You'd have thought this is going to happen quite a lot, and it's going to be quite worrying, as the, especially in the early parts of the season. Mm. That. I can see games being uh, postponed again, just like last season, with the, the amount of you know, with the rates going up and stuff like that. And everyone you know, you speak to, is seems to have bit self isolating or you know, been pinged or whatever. So I do think there'll be a bit of disruption at the start of the season. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's, it's not been ideal preparation. Then, as we say, you know, we, it's not like we had friendlies scheduled for this period anyway. So maybe, uh, yeah, maybe you kind of it just felt it was more valuable to have time with the players than than actually mm. play. Friendlies yeah. just for fitness purposes, but well, that's not happened either, unfortunately, due to uh, pesky coronavirus. Um, yeah, I think that's everything blades related, mate. That we've uh, that's that's kind of bubbling under in the background. Yeah, so, very little, indeed. Right, do you want to talk? Should we have a quick a quick chat about the Euros then, just to finish off? Mm. And uh, England getting to the final. And unfortunately, losing on penalties. Um, away. <laughs> yeah, that is what they do. Do you want to? Do you want to give me your quick thoughts on the on the final itself and and you know how it feels to get there, but then fall at the final hurdle? I mean, you can't even really say like, oh, typical England. I mean, it's the first yeah. time we've reached a blooming final in uh, yeah sixty years, whatever it is, fifty odd years. I thought I, I enjoyed it possibly more than any other tournament supported England. Not just because we did that well. I think because obviously with the pandemic and you'd not see it was the first time I'd been out with a group of my friends and stuff for a while and. And I think it was the first time the whole country has had something to get behind. And I know that's all a bit trite and stuff, but I think it was true. Yeah. I think, you know, everyone was happy and, and the, the the players are very likeable, I think, in, the, in this particular group. And to get to the final, I, I, I yeah, it, it blew my mind, to be honest, because whatever you think about the run and, and all this sort of stuff, it was just sort of, we're actually in a final. I kept sort of waking up sort of the week before the final thinking, we're in a final. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Um, yeah, the final itself, I thought we... it were just For me, it was just almost a carbon copy of the Croatia game in the semi-final. Um, I think Southgate's got an unbelievable amount of qualities, which I didn't give him credit for before. I think his man management's fantastic. I think the togetherness of the squad is something I've never seen for England that I can remember anyway, off the top of my head. I don't think they've ever been that close. And he's, people they seem to enjoy playing for England, which has not always been the case. But... I think his in-game management, maybe I'm being harsh, could possibly no, improve no. because that's twice in a row we've gone out against good sides, but it's twice in a row we've gone out and it's been pretty obvious what's coming to me. Like, they, these are going to score in a minute and he's done nothing. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't disagree I can't... with in-game management being a weakness for sure. It's... Oh, so we're so close to winning it, though. I did. I have, I have like these conflicting emotions around the final. In terms yeah. of like, like the sort of uh, emotions, probably not the right word. My like, uh, my my re my interpretation of the final, if you like. Mm. Where on the one hand, Italy were much better than us, and definitely deserved to yeah. win the final, even if it was on penalties. And, and the tournament, they were better and the, in the tournament. tournament. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, right from the first game, like literally the first game of the tournament, everyone was like, "Oh my god, Italy looked absolutely amazing." Yeah, and I think I messaged you, or you messaged me, and we were saying, <laughs> I, "I can't see him keeping it up simply because you don't really see in tournaments teams who start off that well carry that on." And yeah. barring a small blip against Austria, and they were pretty lucky against Spain, but Spain played fantastic in that match. 
Other than those two games, they pretty much they were the best side undoubtedly throughout the tournament and deserved it. Which is a fair play because it's not often you see that in tournaments where a, a, a team starts that well and then finishes the job. Yeah, I've I've completely lost my train of thought. I'm, I'm sorry, I bought in there. It's all right. I think I was saying like on the one hand, you know, I was sort of acknowledging that Italy definitely deserved to win. Um, oh yeah, this is it. So yeah, you know they were better than us. Like you know, yeah. they kind of you replay the game ten times, they'll win it. Like or you know they'll emerge victorious like seven or eight times, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the plan almost worked. Do you know what I mean? Like even though we had hardly any shots and you know we had no possession and barely went in the final third. I mean, we got an early goal. We actually had the team on the, the lineup on the pitch. I thought it was. Perfect to defend a one nil lead. I, yeah, this is what I'd like to say. That before I forget, I say that I think his initial lineup and he got a lot of criticism for it worked a treat. I think Italy didn't know really know. They didn't expect us to set up like that, and I don't think they dealt with Trippier and Shaw at all, particularly Shaw. Mm. For the first half an hour of the game, it, it took him a while, and that was possibly the time in hindsight you should strike. But fair play to Southgate because he, he picked a side there, and I think people were thinking. Why has he gone? You know, why has he he's basically put another defender in? But it worked perfectly in that first half an hour. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Not only that, it turned out we had like the team on the pitch to you know potentially defend a one 0 lead and also mm. him yeah. on the counter attack. That's not yeah. what happened, and that is that is the major problem, I think. But you know, the goal we conceded it comes from a from a corner, and it's like a scramble goal. You know, we're one we're one clearance away from. Possibly holding on to a, a one 0 win, or you know we're one penalty away from yeah, winning the bloody thing. thing. Well. It's amazing because I said I said on the mail with Liam. I said like, oh no, we, you know we the better side won, and we need to look out. And then I then I sort of corrected myself and said, but <laughs> we were <laughs> if, so uh, close. If Saka sets up and scores that penalty, and then Italy missed the next one. I'm not sat here saying, well, we need to look at things. I'm just thinking, oh, my God, we won the Euro. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what my point is. My overall point in in having that. Uh, position, if you like, but I'm, I'm going <laughs> to. Yeah. I, I saw Michael Cox tweet this afterwards. It uh, England drew with Italy, who drew with Spain, who drew with Switzerland, who drew with France, and that was mm. that was the knockout round. Essentially, yeah. you know, all those games were decided on penalties. Yeah. So it's kind of yeah. like shrug emoji, like international football. This is what happens. Like play tight games, hope to take your your one yeah. or two big chances, or hope you win a penalty shootout. And we were close. I think. The only thing that, like I say, sort of disappointed me is I, I, I don't... I also think a lot of people said, you know, if, if England are going to do well, they've got to use the bench well because they've got so many options and they've got so much talent on that bench. And we didn't see Grealish until 99 minutes. Mm. All right, we brought Saka on. I thought Saka, to be fair, it looked a bit overawed in that game as a whole. I thought no, mm. he's been fantastic, but that, that game may be a step too far for him. I, we didn't... I don't know. I just think tired Italy legs, old men at the back... Maybe we should have gone for it a little bit earlier, but then you could lose two one, and I'm sat here saying we should have held on till extra time. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I think one thing you can say is we didn't use the subs as well as we could have done. Um, yeah, and I, 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 I think, think that were probably the. Our, this is why it's frustrating for me because I think the subs were our the, the point against Italy. The the thing that we had over them, and then the thing we had yeah. our, our most sides that we had talent on the bench that was just as good and it some may argue better than what was in actually on the pitch and we mm. I don't think we utilized that particularly not in the final. Yeah, it was 
my uh, and, and maybe this is aged poorly, but this is how I've. I remember feeling this at the time. I was like, we need to freshen up the attacks. We've just got nothing going on the counter attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't take Kane off. You can't take Sterling off. Like neither of those had amazing games compared with no. the semi final, which I do want to talk about. I would about say others. actually, an extra time, and it's easy to say this again, and everyone would have gone mad if he'd have done it. But if Sterling weren't going to take a penalty. <sighs> Was it, you know, maybe put Rashford, Rashford and Sancho on a little bit earlier? I don't know. He probably yeah. wouldn't have changed anything. And has, if it took Sterling off on loss, and everyone would have said, why have you done that? So has, I'm sure everyone said this already, but has, has there ever been an example of a player being brought on purely to take a penalty of that player nope. scoring Not, a penalty? No, never never happened. I I mean, again, I, I, the penalty thing for me is not a big issue. Anyone can yeah, miss yeah. a penalty. And that, I, I didn't like the fact that that took over the sort of narrative. Everyone, that's all anyone were talking about after mm. is, should he have taken it? Should he have brought these people? I'm not bothered. People miss pens. I think over the 120 minutes, Italy deserved to win. And that's the that's the thing you can change for me, not the penalties, yeah. because anyone can miss a penalty. Rashford, what? He weren't, we're talking... Such a slight <laughs> distance from going in, you know. It's not, you know, it's not. People say no, he's not warmed up and stuff like that. I disagree. He's, he's booting a ball into a net. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I think there is something in that of like, is it better to have? I, do, I think use don't use your subs that way. Basically, use your subs to affect the game in 120 minutes. And this not... is why I think maybe if Sterling weren't taking a penalty, and we knew that. Maybe bring Rashford on a little bit earlier to see if he could do something. Yeah. Not say it'll work, but but yeah, I, I just think in that final game we were too cautious in using the subs, which sort of happened in the Croatia game. So yeah, but that's my. And I, I said, you know, I, 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 you did the opposite. You blanked out everything after, didn't you? You, you couldn't watch anything. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't. Um, I, I will freely admit when I'm Mardi after football, and I don't think this was Mardi. I was just kind of like. Yeah, I, I saw. I think it was Benucci, you know, shouting like uh, it's coming to Rome into the camera. Yeah, I was like, yeah. all right, you know, no, not in like you don't deserve this. I just sort of felt like I'm good. Like you know, congrats, yeah. Italy. I, I've it's very uh, it's very unusual for me to feel you know pretty positive towards a team that's knocked us out of a tournament. Oh, uh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, what, I, what the only thing I would say is that my, straight after the game, you're obviously angry and bitter and whatever. Yeah, and mm. my immediate thoughts were. We should have used the subs more even then, um, but in a more harsh way to Southgate, to be completely honest, because obviously the emotion of it all. Um, but I did want, I listened to all the podcasts and stuff after about the game that I could get my hands on, because I don't know, I think that was the way I dealt with it. I don't know why, just sort of give me as much as you can and I'll absorb it and I'll get rid of it. But And there were a lot of uh, foreign podcasters and um, pundits and even ex-players who really criticised England a lot throughout mm. the tournament, saying that all that talent that they've got in an attacking sense, and they basically used as little as them as they possibly can. And it was really interesting. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that, but it was really interesting listening to the English pundits saying how well we're doing. It's been amazing, brilliant. And then the the, the pundits abroad, Dieter Armand, in fact, t- tweeted that he finds it incredible how happy England fans were when they basically threw away the final. Now, I don't agree with him because we were happy because we've never been to a final yeah, before. He, but... He's German. He wins the World Cup yeah, every eight yeah, years or so. <laughs> but I do think there's a bit of truth in what he's saying in that we probably didn't give ourselves the very, very best yeah. chance that we did in the final, in my opinion, anyway. I think that's I think, fair, fair criticism is what I would I say. I think you could praise Southgate for what he's done and be happy that's happened and also say, bah, but maybe in this, you know. But, you know, if he'd have got it right, he'd have been the perfect manager, so... Indeed. Well, let me ask you this. 
do do you do, think uh, he has he Southgate has the capacity to to develop those players, develop the team to incorporate more of those attacking players for the next World Cup, or do, do you just worried that we're we will forever be defensive under Southgate and not actually, you know, this find a re- space for Grealish or something. I actually think this is the most interesting. I've not been interested in England for a while in terms of the qualifiers. We've said it, you know, to each other that, oh, gosh, international week and oh, England are playing San Marino. Well. <laughs> but I am actually really, really intrigued. I think it's August when England play next to see what he does with this team because I think there's going to be a lot of clamour for him to be more attacking. And I think but the success of the Euros, because it is a success getting to the final better than we thought, it's going to be interesting to see how it develops that. And I'm, I think the next year, because obviously the World Cup kicks off in 18 months, provided we qualify, obviously, um, the next year is going to be huge, I think. And I'm really intrigued to see whether he can tweak it, you know, so we can get more flair players on the pitch, like your Grealishes or Sancho. I mean, if Sancho goes to Man United and has a fantastic season... He has to play, obviously, but at the moment, where does he fit in? Yeah, I think I am. I am quite hopeful that this team will continue to evolve. I think, I think Southgate's shown that he can adapt, like game to game. So, you know, even yeah. in this tournament, we played like different formations for di- for like starting formations for different games. But and I think the criticism you raised earlier is is the valid one of like, can we flip that during a game and shit? Mm. You know, react to something that the opposition has done. That, well, I think that's, that's the reason Saka got so much game time is because Saka can play wing-back as well. And I think mm. he saw him as a someone on the pitch, an important player on the pitch, where we could change tactics just like that with a click of a finger. Yeah, Because he could go to the 5-3-2, 3-5-2, whatever you want to call it, and then obviously the more more attacking approach. I just think in the, in the final itself, we waited a little bit too late possibly to make that change. Yeah, but that, that gives me encouragement that our plan A will evolve to make better use of those players um you know we said before this well everyone said the core of this side is really young i think i I was wondering this i think apart from kane like right now and presumably in 18 months time it doesn't feel like there's any other player in the lineup that is essentially irreplaceable you know it's not it's not like previous england teams where we're you know we're praying beckham doesn't uh break a metatarsal again or rooney stays fit or something like that i don't I don't see, and you know, even with Kane, we were blooming saying, you know, maybe should he actually be starting? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a couple yeah. of games in the I, tournament. I, think, I said all the way through the tournament, we remind me of the old Germany sides, and I don't think they obviously have Matthias and Sammer and um, I can't think of this off me, but Balak. But we're, we're mm. talking about they were a, a, a functional side, and I think that's what England have become. I don't think they're as good as the Germany sides of the past, obviously, but that's what we are at the moment, like. Are almost like a, a, a what I'd say one up on Denmark. You come up against Denmark, you think, oh, this will be tough. Denmark, you know, they know what they're doing. They quite they get stuck in. They they organise and all this. I think that's England, but with the splashing of flair in Sterling and Kane and Mount and Grealish and stuff. Yeah. Well, should we we let's talk about Denmark briefly um, before we finish? Because uh, I, I know this is sort of easy to mock, but I do. I will look back and think. That semi-final win was absolutely amazing, and I loved it, and I will remember that for a really long time. And I, I'm almost certainly will watch the full game back before too long, even yeah. even knowing what comes after that. Yeah, that was an amazing occasion. It really I, was because I think it helped that we went one 0 down in a way. Yeah, <laughs> in, that in was... terms of making it an occasion, because we had that sort of ah, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure you could 
I'm sure some uncharitable people are like, well, it's only Denmark. Like, what's, what's the big deal? Denmark yeah. probably the most informed team in the whole damn yeah. tournament. They're you a know, good team, Denmark. They, they are, are really yeah. on side. And the, and they did show that against us, but I thought we were so good. It was it was you know we created so many good chances in that game, and oh, if, it, if we'd lost or if it ended up going to penalties, it would have been it would have been more of a travesty than if we'd won the final uh, after. Oh, undoubtedly, yeah. I mean, when it got to extra time, it were just constant. I mean, they went down to 10 men, obviously, with the injuries. (laughs) Well, I presume so. Matterface missed it, didn't they? (laughs) That was so confusing. (laughs) There was three of my... It was me and my wife and my dad watching that game, and we didn't realise they were down to 10 men. No. And he starts going about members of staff, and we... (laughs) <laughs> All three of us are like, what's it t- like? Is it a coach? Like, as a yeah, coach? Yeah. Or is somebody run on the pitch or collapse? And he said it's such a serious fate way that I was like, has somebody got, you know, collapsed or something like that? He said his literal words were, I think, were Denmark have lost a member of staff. And you're yeah. thinking, to what? Like, <laughs> what, 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 what do you mean? In what way? Yeah. And, and then I he was... meant on, a member of staff on the pitch. Who calls it a member of staff? And then he followed it up by um, saying that they were down to nine men, didn't he? He said they're down to nine men, and then he paused and went. And a goalkeeper. goalkeeper. <laughs> Brilliant, absolutely Awful. amazing. But uh, yeah, it was it was it was tense to. I can't I can't say it was fun to watch, but in hindsight, I loved it. It was so yeah. tense. My heart was pounding oh, he for the, the pen, whole hundred twenty minutes. Oh. It, it, that split second was like five minutes to me <laughs> because he bounced out, and I'm like. Oh no! That because I thought when he saved it, I thought this is going to pens and we're going to lose because this mm. is the sort of game this sort of things happen. And then he puts it in, and you're like, ah, because he can't be offside as well. So yeah, it was oh, such a burst of relief when he put that in because yeah, Schmeichel was having an absolute oh, brilliant superstar game when he's and after that there'd been that little sound bite of him earlier in the day I would but... shout at him saying he's not even from Denmark he was born in England he should be an Anna <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's saying about how it's never actually come home to England because they never actually yeah. won the Euro so I just think uh, yeah like you I'm thinking of all the storylines you know as the game's going on I'm sort of almost guessing what the the Twitter narratives will be and the back pages yeah. and stuff but yeah I got it well you know when full time blew that I have not really experienced. I don't think I've experienced a feeling like that for England. Like maybe, maybe no. like the the one off iconic games, like the five one over Germany. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and winning the penalty shootout against Colombia that that felt like quite a seminal moment for me. Just having lost all those other penalty shootouts. But yeah, yeah, it was just. I it think getting amazing. to the final itself, it's such a monkey off England's back yeah. um, of getting there. Obviously, we didn't win it in the end. But I think after that game, I think we all said, or, or most England fans said, I don't care now, we've got to a final. And then obviously it came to it, you do care. But hmm. I think it was just that sort of, we've taken that one step extra. Um, and to know that you're in the last week of the tournament, for me, is something I've never experienced for England. And it was a strange experience. Because when England went, I've said this, uh, I think I said it on, on the, the Mailey pod, that... The reason I was so gutted after, I was absolutely gutted for like three days, I'd say. And I think one of the reasons behind it was that the tournament had also finished. So normally England go out and you can sort of, you're disappointed, but then you can say, it's Germany, you know, Portugal next. That'll be a good game at least. Mm. And we can watch that. Everything just ended. Boom, you're out. The tournament's gone. So if we're going to not win it next time, can we just go out in the group stage? Because <laughs> it's easier to accept. <laughs> no. See. Yeah, I just keep you know disappointed as I am in the with the final. I this is a bit of an optimist take, but I I just think like imagine if we'd lost the semi final. Imagine how gutting that would oh, have yeah. been. 
and yeah. you know all so many unanswered questions about the potential of the team so yeah, yeah getting to a final i mean it it hasn't happened for a very long time who knows when the next one will be so i was not um yeah, I was not blasé about the fact we were there. I still, yeah, totally get those frustrations of like, if only we'd done this or tried mm-hmm. that. Ah, oh, we were so close, weren't we? So, we so really close. Were. It's the closest we've ever been to winning anything in my lifetime. It's a penalty kick away. Whatever you think of the performance, Pickford says that first pen. I didn't watch the pens properly. I went outside because we're in the pub mm. and I watched them through like a window and I didn't really know what was going on. I just like, <laughs> I was sort of just looking at the people in the pub cheering and shouting and what have you. And obviously everyone went mad when Pickford said, and then Rashford steps up and you're thinking, I back this guy to score. I don't think I've ever seen him miss. <laughs> yeah, same. Well, that's the thing with uh, with him and Sancho. They do take penalties for the clubs, don't they? Mm. Um, I don't think Sancho is quite and, a if I just think if Rashford puts that in, the pressure on Bonucci for the next pen is incredible. And the whole mm. thing twists. The whole thing changes. And then we win. And I'm sat here with you saying, unbelievable. Let's night Southgate. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> fine margins. Fine margins indeed. I will say with the penalties, uh, I, I did not realise that Saka's miss was terminal. That that was the end of the game. I knew it had done a rumour. I don't know if you heard that. Oh, no, I didn't. I saw he strutted off, but I thought he was just like playing it cool. No, they asked him, uh, how could you celebrate? And he said he didn't realise that they'd won. (laughs) They were like, me me, me too, mate. (laughs) Yeah. Because he was, poor poor Pickford. We're going to talk about him a little bit uh, now, actually. He were excellent all tournament, other than a few dodgy kicks in the side, where I think you were a bit scared of through the throw. It went a bit... Bit nuts in the semi-final, yeah. didn't he? And uh, certainly yeah. accelerated my heart rate a little bit. But um, yeah, that save. You know, they were saying about Jorginho, and he's, he's missed a hundred percent. And I know he's sorry, as in he is uh, M I S T E R. Not, yeah. not not that he has missed a hundred percent of penalties. <laughs> just in yeah. case I was listening, wondering what the hell I'm on about. Um, yeah. You know, as he was running up to take it, and I, I just accepted that the game was over and we were going to lose into that. Annoying, blooming, hop, skip, and a jump penalty. And he saved it. Marcus, I were outside, but I knew it were him. And you're thinking, well, he's obviously going to score. It's Jorginho. You know what I mean? I've never seen There's another one I've never seen miss. So. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think he maybe missed one last season against Liverpool or something like that. But yeah, generally, he scores a very high proportion of penalties. Pickford saves it. I think, oh, what an amazing moment. Like, you know, Pickford, you hero. We, we seem to have gone a million shootouts. I think 98, before... 2018, I think 98 was the last time an England goalkeeper saved a penalty. Is that, so, yeah, you're probably right. I never thought of that. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty course. sure it was. So, And then he did wow. saved, uh, what did he say, two out of five at that point. Um, and, and that was a phenomenal save as well. It wasn't just like, you know, yeah. get, he guessed the right way. You know, it was yeah. really hard to wait and get down to it. Again, the narrative after people saying, I mean, it's hard against Donnarumma. I'm like, Pickford saved just as many. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, he, but yeah, just I'm uh, just naming a few individuals really. Um, it's it's been a while since we've had a goalkeeper do well at back to back tournaments, and he really did. And yeah. yeah, he conceded two goals in uh, oh I don't know how many minutes of football, but is it six games? Yeah, yeah. Two of which went to extra time. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. saved a couple of penalties. It was excellent. I, I, it, I, it was superb, and I think we both, and I think a lot of people thought. I'm not not convinced by this guy. I think I would have given him the nod just before the tournament. I I, I would have given it Henderson personally uh, if I was manager before the tournament. And obviously Henderson got injured, and I would have gone Pickford above Johnson and Ramsdale. But I was far from confident in the guy. Um, but he was fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's. I think I said last time. You know, he hasn't let England down basically on the big stage, mm-hmm. but. I think that tournament, you just have to hold your hands up and say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." He, I don't say carried us, but 
he definitely helped us get to the final and almost win it. You know, he, he did really, yeah. really well. That's. I think he's he's only young for a keeper, isn't he? Still. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, um, I think just yeah. generally this is a this was an uplifting and likable England squad, which I did feel in 2018 as well. Um, but I, I just want to. I, I guess I, I don't know if apologise is the right word, but a little bit of respect to Tyrone Mings. Yeah. Not so much for what he did on the pitch, although he did a you know. Solid enough job in those first two games before. Uh... He did. He, he, he surprised me. How he was complete. He, he were, he's a no. He's not Maguire. He's a no nonsense centre half, and he did that perfectly in the in the two games that he played. Yeah, but a uh, lot of respect for how how he came out after the game. And I don't want to get into uh, politics and the, you know, frankly appalling and appallingly predictable reaction yeah. to three black players missing penalties for England yeah. in the final. Um, but yeah, you know what? I, I didn't really. I just, I, did, I didn't realize that the three players who missed were black. And that's not me trying to be. Look at me. I don't. But I really, really did not notice it. It was only the day after, and I thought, oh god, yeah, of course. You know what I mean? And then obviously we saw all the awful stuff, and you're like, oh my, I can't. Ugh, you I just think, can't believe it's that. You can't, I can't believe it. I really can't. Yeah, I, I think this is one of the things that made me like want to just switch off at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I, I just knew what was going to happen, and it's, it's well, awful. I woke up and go over and really disappointed, mega disappointed England had lost. Went on Twitter, saw that, and you're thinking, do you know what I mean? Just oh, go away. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Mings, well done, lad. You know, you, you, he didn't need to speak up like that. And, you know, it was a very eloquently well put point, I thought, with which I heartily agree. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm toning down my Tyro Mings. Criticism, mate, because <laughs> uh, he's he's clearly a very good person, which I'm sure he was before, you know, the last few weeks or whatever. So, yeah, I, I just uh, I don't know. I wanted to mention that. Um, a couple of others. I thought Declan Rice was great in the final. I was really was. Di- really disappointed that he came off. Um, I'm assuming he grew into the tournament. De- mm. Declan Rice. I think in the early days, I was thinking this is not going well. Same Calvin Phillips as well. He was fantastic as well. Another person that. When he when the first line it came out, I was like, "What? Why was he in there?" But he was fantastic as well. I think Rice and Phillips were possibly our two best players in the final, actually. Uh, yeah, I think you possibly right. I thought Maguire was really good, um, but then I always think Maguire's really good. So, and he took a hell of a penalty. Yeah, which... good. That's fantastic. Maguire went on, but that penalty. I've said, I think when that penalty went in, they should have just ended the tournament. It, no one. Was... <laughs> Just give it to Maguire. <laughs> uh, Carl Walker is like a cheat code at the back. I, I, I love the I love the attention he was getting from like yeah. just the the wider football media. I suppose of you know loads of people saying like they've never known a player use their pace like he is doing. Like particularly a defender where it's. He's, he's almost like playing like a sweeper, but he's yeah. he's playing ten yards in front of everyone else because he's just so damn fast and he reads yeah. it so well. Oh, I was it was cool. I like you know. I, it reminded I, me of Roberto Carlos on <laughs> one of the early Pro Evos where it was that I think it was called like Roberto Ralos or something because <laughs> he didn't have the real names. And um, we actually used to sub him. We, you weren't allowed to play him because he was that good on it. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> so anyone in Brazil was like, right, you're not allowed to play Roberto Carlos because he's that good. And that yeah. one, Kyle Walker, like, because he was just so fast. Like, this is inhuman. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was absolutely brilliant. I thought defensively, anyway. But I think we know that about Walker, don't he? He's, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. He's, he's, he's not as good on the ball as uh, you know, probably Reese James, Kieran Trippier, players like that. Um, mm. 
maybe even Cal Norton, to be honest, or at least back in the day, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but defensively, he's he's an insane player, and he was, I just thought I, I loved seeing it. I loved, you know, there's been some great highlights for England during this tournament, but um, one of the things I really enjoyed was seeing him just like charge fifty yards to stop a chance even becoming a chance so yeah mm-hmm. he did a good job and i liked his little skit with uh john stones as well so you are brilliant love that, yeah. in sheffield that did that did amuse <laughs> me I have, a, I have a similar uh block-headed approach to postcodes myself <laughs> <laughs> much, to my, much to my wife's uh mock annoyance i think um what else any anything else you want to mention about england mate before we wrap up or any any individuals that uh We've not called out before. I mean, Luke Shaw well, we, we was mentioned tremendous. Sterling and Kane last week, or whenever we did the pod. Um, so you know, I, I think Luke Shaw is the only other one that. Mm. I mean, I know you were really against him playing. We're not throwing you under the bus because, under, understandably so. Um, and he was, oh, he was superb, especially in the final. Yeah, no, he, he definitely was. Yeah, I, yeah, I probably need to check that one a little bit as well. To be honest, <laughs> I, just, I don't know. Well. I just never seen him with Luke Shaw. I think I said like. I don't think he's a much worse than Chil- much worse than Chilwell, as in there's not really a huge drop off there or anything. But um, yeah, I, I I just didn't really see it. But he was definitely in like the last three games. I thought it was really good. And yeah, the final. I think in that first half against Italy, we're like, who is this guy? He's unplayable. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. really good. I'm interested to see how he does this season actually for uh, for Manu. See if he's this carries yeah, on. He- but. Yeah, that that was like the best I've seen him play in his entire career. Not that I've followed it, you know. I watched every minute of his career, but yeah, that was uh, was impressive. Sterling against Denmark is like one of the best individual performances I've seen for for an England player. I think yeah. it's I was in awe. I was just, and that was another frustration. Of the final was he just couldn't get him the ball enough, and you know some of that's on him. I think some of it's on the the rest of the team and the way we lined up. But yeah, he was on fire this tournament, Sterling. He was. You know, he was one... I think if England win the tournament, I think he is named player of the tournament. Oh, yeah, I think they're waiting. I really do. I think it's. Between, I think they, they thought, right, well, if Italy win, we're going to give it Donnarumma. If England win, we're going to give it Sterling. I think that's how it went. Yeah. I, I, I didn't really get that Donnarumma award. Am I being... Uh, I, petty? I, I thought that cheapened the award a little bit. I, I thought, like, Chiellini or Bonucci probably... Well, I thought... Them. I actually did think... Cause I, I said before, uh, before the final, and I said... Cause they were, Someone had a bet on it, I think, who I knew, and because you think he'll win it. And I said, well, it's, whoever wins is going to, because that always happens. You know, whoever mm. wins the final is going to get the award for the, you know, the best player. So I said it'll either be Sterling, and I said Benucci, but because I think he missed, missed two games. I think he missed through injury. I think so. Maybe not him. I thought Benucci's played everyone. So ah, uh, my my mistake on Chiellini. I know he, I know he got an injury uh, early on, but I thought he played in the next couple of games. But he maybe he oh. did. But I I just, I just thought, yeah, I was surprised when it were Donnarumma, but he is a phenomenal. He's only twenty two. Yeah, yeah, I know. He's just moved to PSG, I think, hasn't he? Yeah, incredible um, baller. Yeah, for sure. Um, we just just wrapping up here. Um, a little thought note. I've I've changed my mind on five subs. I've been against this before. I've, I've felt like it's like mm. it breaks up the game too much. Yeah. Um, but uh, I would clar- I would qualify that by saying I think it's I think international tournament level it should be mandatory, um, and you can maybe make a case for it in cup competitions generally mm. domestically. I, I, it it still bothers me a bit in in leagues games that yeah. you make that many subs. Is but- it a surprise that the tournament was so good and we were allowed to make six subs overall in, in extra helps. time? But I think also, I, I, I think it just, I mean, we didn't really see this as England fans, but I think it does encourage 
more experimentation and mm. you know having the well one thing that uh southgate did do was he brought on grealish and then took him off like 25 minutes later yeah and that's yeah. that's unheard of really isn't it um in also, football generally it, but often extra time is boring because mm. you're sort of it's two absolutely shattered teams thinking <laughs> i don't want to make a mistake my my mind's not quite with it because I've just been playing ninety minutes in high intensity football, the highest you know the pinnacle of pe- players' career. Yeah, I think it, the extra times in this tournament were phenomenal. There were some really good ones, weren't there? Yeah, for sure. And I, and I wonder if that's down to the five subs. I wonder if that's because you've got five people and uh, ten people on the pitch. Um, twelve if it's yeah, twelve if you're talking extra time who are fresh as a daisy and they can drive on the rest of the team. Yeah, and I guess also the players that are coming on are not thinking like I don't want to be the one to make the mistake. They're probably thinking I'm on here to change this game. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm winning this yeah. thing. I've got 25 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever. I'm going out there to win it. So I don't think yeah. there are any boring extra times off the top of my head. Even I mean, everyone's accused England of being boring. Our extra time against Denmark were unbelievable. Yeah, indeed. So I, I like it. In, you know, at international tournament level, where it's like uh, win or go home, basically. Um, I, th- I think it's good to have that extra layer of insurance to encourage you to try different things. I think in a league game, like if you pick the wrong team, then you shouldn't have the you shouldn't really have the right to overcorrect it by making five subs. You know, you just deal with the consequences of picking the wrong team for that game, or you know, somebody getting injured or something, and you move on to the next game. But yeah, I, I like it at uh, international tournament level. I, d- I don't actually know if it's sticking around for the championship next season. Do you? I'm not sure because obviously they had it last season, didn't they? I'm really, really yeah. not sure about that to be honest. Uh, but I'm so we'll find out if we ever play a game. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed, we will. Um, I think that's everything uh, I've got to talk about, mate. We uh, yeah, as I say, probably looking at. a a 10-day gap between podcasts, something like that. Hopefully we'll have some more Blades news then. But we will be one week out from the start of the season, pretty much. And yeah, I am I'm very really excited about that. forward to that game because, obviously, there's loads of worries and stuff. People say, oh, there are going to be restrictions in winter, what's going to happen, and all the other stuff going off. But, you know, it's almost certain that that first game, at least, mm. is going to be a proper crowd. You know, it's going to be a prop whatever people think about if it's safe or not. With, I mean, you know, the, today we sold 21,000 season tickets. Don't know how true that is. Can't wait. Cannot wait for that first game. I can't either. I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing. Um, yeah, it's it's certainly something to look forward to after a, a long time without football. I know I went to the um, Burnley yeah. game at the end of last season, but there was like 2,500 people there. And yeah, if there's if there's 20 plus thousand... Um, and you know, yeah. away I think fans. We sold two thousand tickets to Doncaster away in the friendly as well. Right. Okay. So uh, yeah, the appetite for football is uh, is not sated in uh, in this household anyway, for sure. No. Um, and the Euros is only haste on that. Um, yeah, I'm gonna enjoy the Olympics, mate. Uh, go Team GB women in the football. They got off to a. A winning oh, tell start us about today. Um, Jonathan Pierce's line today that you told me all of that. <laughs> God's sake, yeah. I, was, I had it on while I was working. It was an eight, uh, half eight kickoff. And so I was only half listening to it, but Jonathan Pierce randomly said, like, so who went for a five mile run before the match this morning then? Just me? <laughs> all right, Jonathan. <laughs> settle down, mate. <laughs> is, is, that, is that even a humble brag? Like, it's just a brag, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure who's doing the commentary with, but I think she was a bit nonplussed. It was very odd. But, uh, oh, I'd like to have enough. Is anyone else on a 50-mile bike ride today? I'm just, uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Uh, well, I think that's it then, mate. Um, do you want to plug Living With Maidley? I'm, yeah. I'm mid- midway through your final... Uh, 
final wrap-up episode of the Euros. But yeah. I've really, I've really enjoyed your uh, offbeat look at the European Championship. Yeah, well, we tried to keep away from tactics and stuff, and but I think England doing so well, you have to talk about it. So it's been a little bit more football-based than we actually planned it on being because you have to talk about England we've watched the, every, pretty much every game together me and Liam so um, but yeah it's Living With Made late at Living With Made 1 uh, we're going back to our roots though in the next couple of weeks uh, and going back to TV old TV and I think the first episode will be One It Wonders at Top of the Pops oh that sounds great I can't wait for that uh, yeah. nice one mate right we're out I've, I'm, I've managed to survive uh, yeah Somehow, for some reason, recording in the hottest room in my house. That... I'm honestly sweating. I, I really, it's like I'm really nervous about speaking to you. I'm just like covered in sweat. I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> well, we will talk before the Birmingham game, of course, but uh, I'll hopefully see you there. In fact, I think you're, uh, I, won't, I won't get you to disclose your, your, your no, personal information. No, I think I've sat quite near you, though. Um, I think you have inadvertently sat very near me, so I'll be. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realise, yeah. So, um, you're behind me though, aren't you? You're much taller than I am, so that, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you block him of you? As well as that bloody pole that's always there as well. Uh, if, if you're sat near me, you're all right. You just uh, you just won't be able to see like a tiny patch of uh, of the pitch, yeah. but it, it doesn't obscure like the goal or the corner flexor. So you'll be right, right, mate. All right, looking forward to it. Indeed, great to talk to you again, and. Uh, yeah, well, well done, England, and uh, and that that as I said, very likable England squad. I'm I'm disappointed, but I'm not disappointed in them. If you know what I mean, I'm disappointed no, in the no, outcome. No, 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 not at all, not but, at all. I was disappointed in the overall thing, and there's certain things you think could we have done this better. But the team, the management, everything, realistic, like you know, thanks for for giving me yeah, a fantastic summer after an all appalling eighteen months or whatever it's been, and who knows, it could be even worse. To come, who knows? But that that summer for me, phenomenal. No, it's, I, I thought you were ending on the perfect high note then, but then you got your little. I don't know why I said that other bit. Yeah, there. I just put that in there. Just like I don't know. I, I think I'm in this stage again at the moment with like pandemic stuff where I don't want to be too positive in case. So I'm just putting these caveats in there. You know, I mean, you never know. So let's... <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm too hot to edit out that caveat, so it's, it's staying in. <laughs> There we go, mate. People can follow you on Twitter at Panchero, of course. You can uh, follow the podcast and myself at Bladespod. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back in uh, 10 days, a couple of weeks, something like that. But uh, thanks, as always, to everyone for listening. Thank you to you for your time on this Wednesday evening, mate, and I will catch up with you later. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers. That's all for this week. So big thank you to Andrew and a big thank you to Glistening Kicks, who are the sponsor of this podcast and a Sheffield-based business delivering high-end cleaning, restoration and weather treatment services for shoes, sneakers and trainers. It was very exciting to see them open their first ever shop a few weeks ago as well. Really amazing to see how quickly this business has, uh, has developed and built up. So let me tell you a little bit about Glistening Kicks and what they do. They can remove loose dirt and debris, give deep clean to laces, shoes and midsoles, also touch up any scuffs or imperfections. Plus, if you're looking for a full repaint due to damage or general wear and tear, they can take care of that for you as well. As well as their new Sheffield store, Glistening kicks off a local collection and return in the city and the surrounding areas, including Rotherham, Barnsley, Chesterfield and other locations in South Yorkshire and Derbyshire. 
They also do nationwide shipping via their safe, fast and reliable courier service, so you can be sure your footwear is in the best possible hands. Save yourself from spending on a brand new pair and give your existing kicks the treatment they deserve instead. Head to glisteningkicks.co.uk and book your service today. That is glisteningkicks.co.uk. You can also follow them on Instagram at glistening underscore kicks for a closer look at the great work they do in making shoes and trainers look their best. Thank you.